Y'all can be seated. Let me pray if you don't mind. It's so good to see you. You read some word of prayer Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for one more opportunity to come to your house, Lord. Lord, I just pray with the continuation of the service, Lord, that your will be done, Lord. Lord, I pray for any testimony, Lord, or uh, song, Lord, just uh, continue blessing the service, Lord. If it comes to preacher's time to preach, Lord, I just pray that you'll give them all the liberty he needs, Lord. Give us uh, ears to listen and receptive heart, Lord. Lord, I just pray, Lord, if there's one here tonight, Lord, that don't know you in the free pardon of sin, Lord, just make it real in their life, Lord. Lord, if there's one, Lord, that's just cold-hearted that's fell away from you, Lord, I pray that you'll warm it up, Lord, and they can get their needs met tonight, Lord. Again, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Jesus, sweet son's holy name. Amen. 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 You know, thank you, Jay, for that prayer. You, you, he is worthy of our praise. And I love to, I love to sing songs that, that mention his name. Sure. And uh, I'm going to share a little scripture right here. We're singing a song right here. And it says, in Psalms 113, uh, chapter uh, or verse 2, it says, Blessed be the name of the Lord from, from this time forth and forever. Amen. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Amen. Take the hymn books and turn to page 52. Blessed be the name. Sin. We hope the Spirit has already 
uh, made you feel at home tonight. I don't know how to moderate. I told Brother Dustin a while ago that I'm poor at that, but I'm just so glad to be here. We love each and every one of you. Altar was open when you came in. Never, never is closed. And if you need to pray at any time, please, if you've got a testimony or a song you need to sing, you just mind God and do what He would have you to do tonight. And we love each and every one of you. Amen. Anyone else? Anything I'd like to share? You know, I love, also, I love to sing songs about the blood. And let's look page 329.
Yes. Yeah. Now we walk it daily. Our Lord and Savior. Oh, just God. Let's sing the second verse, okay? Here we go. Sing. Here we go. Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washing the
God's been good in my life.
else. Got a special. Testimony, anything you need to do. You pray for Brother Justin. We'll open your Bibles tonight. Book of Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter number nine tonight. When I get to preaching, I'll forget to to make the uh, comments, but it's been good being with y'all this week. We've really enjoyed it. Appreciate being Brother Steve. We've known each other a long time. I don't think we've ever worked together in a revival that I could have called. So it's been good to be with y'all. Good to see you again. Appreciate your hospitality. The meals have been have been great. Enjoyed the sweet fellowship. In Second uh, Samuel chapter nine, this is familiar scripture. I'm sure it's a, a, a pretty common uh, Bible story. One of the great illustrations in the Bible about the grace of God. To get us to where we're at in the Scripture, if you remember, uh, Saul was anointed the king of Israel against the advice of the Lord. He told them not to do it. The king would mistreat them, would, would uh, take their sons to war, and would take their goods, and, and he advised them against it. They rejected that and set up Saul to be the king. Saul forsook the ways of the Lord. He was rejected of God, and God had anointed David. But remember, David didn't take the throne immediately. And for years, Saul saw his life and tried to kill him and mistreated David. And eventually the time comes when Saul is killed in battle. Uh, Saul's son was a good friend of David, Jonathan. He was killed in the same battle, and David ascended to the throne. Time passes by. We're 20, 25 years past that. David's reigning in peace in Jerusalem. And he begins to think back about his relationship with Jonathan, Saul's son. And I want to look at the thought out of this. This is a great example of God's amazing grace. First verse of the ninth chapter of 2 Samuel. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was in the house of Saul a servant whose name was Zilah. And when he had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Zilah? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul, that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Then king David sent, and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David. He fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Now that is a picture in the Old Testament of God's amazing grace toward mankind. Grace, the amazing grace of God and its ability to forget the past is the first thing I see in the Scripture. He was an enemy to King David. David was sitting on the throne and by nature that boy was a threat to his throne. That he was a descendant of Saul. That it was customary in those days you killed the descendants of the next king or the former king if you were not of his family. You killed Ahab had 70 sons killed in one day we'll read over there. He was his enemy. And by every right David could have and should have and by the custom of the day had the young man killed. Saul had persecuted David. Saul had tried to kill him. By the laws of vengeance, David could have had that man killed. He was an enemy. But by God's amazing grace and by David's amazing grace in this scripture, he looked beyond what he had done in the past. He looked beyond what he was. And grace didn't hold on to that. And grace looked beyond it. And saw him not as somebody that was against him or an enemy, but saw him as someone to love and show mercy to. Amen. Yeah. And that is a marvelous picture of God's grace. One of my favorite verses in 1 Corinthians, and I can't quote it exactly right, but Paul goes to call out a list of sins. He says, Know ye not that unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. And you know what he says in that next verse? And such were some of you. Amen. You had a past too. You were an enemy of God by your very nature. The Scripture sure. says children of God's wrath. That we were walking away from God undeserving. Had no concept of God in our minds. Totally depraved. Enemies forsaken, born to a fallen race. 
and were destined for the wrath of God. Yes. As the brother said just a minute ago, you didn't have to be a terrible individual to be in that case. Right. You were born that way. Right. The problem with man is not what man does. The problem with man is what he is. What's born, we are born wrong. There's an inherent sin nature inside of each and every one of us. And to save any individual, however good you think you may be, God had to forget exactly what you were. Amen. Amen. God's grace looked beyond us. She's saying last night, look beyond my fault Amen. and saw my need. The grace of God ignores the past. Whatever we've done, Grace does not care. It looks beyond your enemy. Look beyond your rebellion. Looks beyond the sin in your life and forgets all that. Amen. Thank God for the grace. Amen. But as I read this scripture, you know, this old boy's present wasn't too good either. It says, and then David sent and fetched him out of Maker, the house son of Emiel, from Lodibar. And he was lame on both his feet. You remember the law says that if you were a cripple, you couldn't even enter the tabernacle. That's right. They didn't have the American Disability Act back in those days. If you was a cripple, you were an outcast. You were poor on the edge of the society, living just barely getting by what this boy was. Scripture says he was down in a place called Lodibar. The Hebrew for Lodibar means no pasture. He wasn't doing too good down there, let me say. He was living in the desert land. A cripple, barely getting by. In my mind, I see him down in a little old shack in a place that's dried up, no sheep, no food, just scraping by. In the rags and in the filth, I bet his hair was long. I bet he had a beard that was just ragged and dirty and dusty and living in that land. And David could have said, now listen, boys, y'all go down there. And if he looks good, y'all bring him up here. If he is clean and nice and can do something good for me, bring him back. But if he's not, just leave him. Amen. But the grace of God ignored what he was at that moment. Right. Amen. And had mercy to him anyway. Sure. Thank God he does not care where you're at right now. Right. He doesn't care the depths of sin you're in. He doesn't care what you've done today. The grace of God looks beyond every single bit of what you are right now. Amen. Right. Now you say that ain't my story. You say I'm a good individual. I'm a good boy. I'm a good girl. And you probably are. But God can look beyond your self-righteousness and your unbelief too. Amen. You don't have to be the worst sinner in the world to be lost and die and go to hell. You're born wrong. You're born that way. But if you sin in a condition of unbelief, you are the worst sinner in the world. You realize the only sin in the Bible that sends a man to hell is the sin of unbelief. doesn't matter what you've done and what you are and what you will be, but what matters today A little bit busy, folks. But what matters today is that God looks beyond that and sees your condition and looks beyond it and ignores what you are and what you will be. Yes. We're all broken. We're all vile. We're all condemned. We're all doomed to a devil's hell. But by the grace of God, He looks beyond that. Sure. Favorite parable of the story of the two debtors in the Scripture. You remember the story about so one of them owed him a little bit of money. The master, one of them owed him a whole lot. And neither could pay. And he forgave both. Your loaded bar and your rags and where you're living at may not look as bad as the feller next to you. But you're just as lost as he is. And you need God's grace just as much as anybody else does. By the grace of God, he seeks the unworthy. Amen. Forgets their past. Ignores their present, but seeks the unworthy. Look at that. The best verse in that is, And then King David sent. And then King David sent. He knew where he was. Ziba told him. Amen. He knew what he was. Ziba said he was lame on both his feet. And David said, Oh, don't never mind. He didn't say, Don't worry about it. He said, Why don't y'all go down there and get him anyways? Oh, amazing grace of God that He would seek sinners. Came to this earth to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. It may not stir you too much, but it stirs me. He left heaven to come save a sinner like me. Amen. Amen. I preached the other night about the love of God. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. It's wonderful He loved the world. 
But I tell you what's better than that? See, he loves a sinner like me. Because I know what I am. Brother Kurt says that a lot. I know what I am. And I'm not loved. And I'm not worthy of the grace of God. But by God's grace, He sought me unto salvation. By God's grace, He died for me. And grace today is looking for you. The precious Holy Spirit of God is passing by tonight, drawing man to repentance. The Lord sent and fetched you, or is trying to fetch you, out of the sin-cursed condition that you're in today. Amen. He wants to seek and to save everybody. Yes. Scripture says He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. Amen. He's looking for you. In spite of what you are, in spite of what you have right now, He's looking for you to save you. The grace of God as I see in this Scripture. Did you notice in these verses here that King David sent and then the next verse, in the next verse, He's standing before the king in the king's palace. How did he get there? How did he end up there? He flat didn't walk it, did he? He was crippled. He couldn't do it. He got to the king's palace because David overcame the impossible. And somebody picked him up, right? right. And carried him and brought him there. But by the grace of God, by the grace of the king, sure. he was standing in the king's palace. Amen. Let me tell you what was impossible. It was impossible in the mind of man to save a sinner. God in His infinite holiness could not look upon sin, could not fellowship with it. And what man could do was not good enough. But thank God for His amazing grace that overcomes what was impossible to mankind. And He sent His precious Son to die on Calvary to pay the price for man's sin. His precious Son's righteousness clothed man. And that way a sinner is paid and cleaned. A sinner is clothed in righteousness. And a sinner can stand before the Almighty God by His marvelous grace. Amen. What's impossible to the mind of man, what religion cannot do, the Lord did through His grace. Sure. Amen. You'll go to heaven by the grace of God. You'll go to heaven what seemed impossible, clothed in His precious righteousness that God provided for you. Not what you've done. What was impossible for you to do, in fact, Grace is done for you. Amen. 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 Marvelous grace of God. Grace seeks the unworthy. Grace does the impossible. But y'all noticed it changed and elevated his position, didn't you? Living in a shack in Lodabar, on the edge of society, just to barely getting by. And when we get done with that reading today at the seventh verse, he said, you're going to eat bread at the king's table continually. He went from Lodivar to a palace. He went from an enemy to sitting with the king's son. He went from poverty to riches. Amen. What the grace of God can do. David said he took me out of the miry clay and set my feet on the solid rock. Oh, that's marvelous. That's marvelous. One of these days, He's going to come down. And I guess y'all y'all may be better than I am. But he's going to take a bunch of sinners from the backwoods of Alabama. And he's going to take them home as the redeemed that when all the ransom church of God is saved to sin them, we're going to take us home, put us on the streets of gold, and we're going to eat bread at the king's table continually. You talk about elevating positions. The old politician over there could run for governor, and it would be a greater promotion than what you're going to get one day when you set foot in the city of gold. Amen by God's marvelous grace. He's going to take us from this world of its sin and sorrow and take us and we're going to be kings and royalty and co-heirs of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And let me tell you something else. When he pulled up there underneath the table, sitting there with the king's son, you couldn't tell which one was crippled and which one was. Right. Amen. It's level ground when you get to heaven. But I was going to say it's level ground right now. God don't love you any less because of your past. God don't love you anymore because of how good you think you are. Amen. We sit together at the table of God, equally elevated in His sight. Amen. God's marvelous, amazing, wonderful grace. And as I can see things in the Scripture, and I'm just going to preach tonight if I can.
There's a great heresy going around today, and I'll call it heresy, of this concept of the irresistible grace. It's part of Calvinism. That God's grace cannot be resisted and rejected. That's a false doctrine. Grace in its very nature is not forceful. It's kind. It's merciful. It's not going to drag you anywhere. David didn't go down there and drag the boy to the palace kicking and screaming against his will. Amen. David went down to the palace, sit down there. And if he would have said, I'm happy down here in Lodabar, leave me alone. He could have stayed down there in Lodabar. Sure. Amen. The grace of God will draw you. The grace of God is sufficient to carry you. But the grace of God can be resisted. Yeah. You can stay in your sin if you want to. For whosoever believeth hath eternal life. Amen. Amen. Whoever believes and accepts the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Amen. is saved. Amen. You can resist His grace if you want to. What I'm saying is you can stay in your sin. You can stay in Lodabar. You can stay in that condition and die apart from the King's palace. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank God when the Spirit comes by. Yes, sir. It don't take a real smart man to take that off we just made. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, take me with you to the King's Palace. Amen. Amen. It amazes me. Sunday after Sunday, you preach the gospel. And people sit there and say no to an offer like that. It never ceases to amaze me. They do it about every Sunday. The Lord comes by and says, hey, I've got something I'm going to take you to the king's palace. Don't worry about it. I'll clothe you. I'll carry you all the way by my grace. You ain't got to do a thing. But just get up and come with me by faith. And people resist it. Sure. Amen tonight. The grace of the King is sufficient to save you. He's looking for you. He's seeking you. He's drawing you tonight. Why don't you come to an altar believing and say, yeah, I'm going to go with you. Lord, take me to the king's palace. I'm tired of where I'm at. Would you clean me up? Give me what I need and save me. Make me fit to go to your presence. Let's stand together tonight. Three forty-four.